Episode 1. The Bills' epic run to the number 5 seed in the AFC. Predictions for this weekend's playoff games. Buffalo trivia. Mailbag questions from our listeners. And a very serious conundrum that friend of the pod, Dan Teal, has gotten himself into. Papadiki, happy New Year's to you. It's 2020. Good morning, boys, son. 2020. Wow. January 1st. Rabbit, rabbit day. Rabbit day. Yeah. Interesting. First day of the month. Is that a Chinese New Year thing? Or? Judaism. Judaism. Okay. Very good. Well, I think what we would uh, like to start with are some uh, NHL scores from last night. It was a very busy night in the NHL. So uh, let's just go through a quick partial list of the scores from last night's NHL action. That's a good, uh, good idea because these scores carry uh, importance. They're weighty. Uh, the first game was in a shootout. It was 3-2, 4-3, 5-2. Another blowout there, 4-1. 6-4, 10 goals scored. 3-1, 4-1, and then 2-zip. There's a few others, but at least you have a partial list. That's a good update on the scores. Well, thank, thank you. It, it, it was meaty. Thanks, Papa. Okay. Good stuff. So this is our first podcast and just kind of wanted to go through our history with Buffalo. Papa Dickey and I were both born in Buffalo Children's Hospital, uh, lifelong Bills fans. Actually, Papa is really a lifelong Bills fan because the Bills started playing in the year 1960. Yes. And you were 17 years old? All of 17. 17 years old. So he has been a fan of this unbelievable lifelong futility of the Buffalo Bills for a lot of years. Yeah. It made me a nervous wreck. <laughs> things. So the first thing I wanted to do on this pod was talk about um, our predictions. A few of us made predictions on Facebook before the year started. Uh, first of all, the Bills ended the year 10 wins, 6 losses. They lost 3 out of the last 4 games, but that was A-OK because of the teams that we played and we had already qualified for a playoff spot a couple weeks prior to the and end Don't forget of the year. that last game was a scrimmage. That last game was a scrimmage. Uh, that last game was actually a preseason game, which was our first preseason loss of the year yes so I predicted the Bills to go eight and eight I was two games off Papa you predicted the Bills to go nine and seven correct you were really close yes and super duper good friend of the pod Johnny Ben Bernarski mm. from Venice Florida also born and bred in Buffalo he predicted the Bills to go 10 and six Johnny B is the sage. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, as, as a matter of fact, that's very, that's difficult to do to, to be spot on at 10 and 6. And JB, uh, kudos. That, that, was, that was a good choice. Good choice. He did really good. So, kind of a recap on the year. I mean, the Bills had an outstanding defense, they won quite a few games in spite of their offense. I think we averaged below. 20 points a game and our defense I know ended up third in yards let up and I think also second or third in in points Papa has some good statistics we're working on our, our statistics system here but really good year bottom line this team won tons of games because of their defense 
I had some notes here. I found them. Um, interestingly, the Bills averaged 23.5 points per game in their 10 wins this year. Um, their wins came over teams that were a combined 52 and 91. Think about that for one second. Everybody knows this. Well, maybe it's a meaningless statistic. Those teams' win percentage was .363. The killer is the Pats beat us twice. The Eagles, who won the uh, NFC East at 9-7, and seven, beat us. And the best team in the league, uh, on paper, the Ravens, and on the field, the Ravens beat us. Uh, they were 35-13. and 13. We averaged 14.2 points per game in those four losses versus uh, 23 and a half points per game again uh, with 10 wins against teams that were inferior. It's, it's meaningful, but when the playoff starts, everybody knows. New season, new game on. So we'll, uh, we'll see what, what happens there. I think one of the questions that arises with this team and with Josh Allen is we know that he can come back in the fourth quarter. He's had a couple good game-winning drives this year. But I think the question remains, you know, we're on the road at Houston, and we're going to do predictions here in a minute, but we're on the road in Houston. Houston has a high-flying offense. If something happens, you know, we had several games this year where the Bills went down on the first drive of the game. I think it was against the Giants. They went right down the field on a 7 nothing. We looked awful, but it was only one series. Our defense responded the rest of the game. We were able to come back and easily beat the Giants. I think we beat the Giants, yeah, 28-14. They only scored one more touchdown the rest of the game. With Josh Allen and the way he starts out games so cold, do you think that if we go down a touchdown and a field goal or two touchdowns early in the game, can Josh Allen come back? Does he have enough in him? We know Again, we know he can come back in the fourth quarter on one drive, but second quarter down a couple touchdowns in a playoff game. Do you think he has it in him? Does the offense have it in them to come back? It's a great question. Um, the Bills offense this year, out of, out of the 32 teams in the National Football League, ranked 24th in total offense per game, 330.2 yards. They were 23rd in overall scoring, less than 20 points per game, 19.6. And they were 26th in passing yards at two, 201.8 yards per game. Here, here's the thing. At this level, at this level of play, this wild card game with Houston, I don't think either, either team wants to be down because it, it won't be that easy to come back. Um, I like the Bills. I like the Bills because I think they're going to strangulate the Texans' offense. And my heart and my brain like the Bills. And they're, uh, they're getting points too. So, But yeah, if, once the, if the Bills get down 7 to 14 points early on, she was it won't be easy because we don't have that type of offense that explodes. Now, everybody wants Josh Allen to prove us wrong. 
and I hope I am wrong, not being negative, but it's going to be very difficult. That was a good segue into uh, wild card predictions. So we are road warriors. We're six and two on the road. Yeah, it's great. Um, we have an excellent defense. Houston has a high flying offense. Their defense not so good. Our offense not so good. So it should be an interesting matchup. You say the Bills are going to win. We are plus two and a half on the road. Yeah. You say we're going to win outright. Prediction on the score? Uh, that's a wild one. Um, I don't know. Maybe we eke it out 20 to 17 in that area. Ooh, we were very close. I think the Bills are going to win 23-20. Oh, goodness gracious. We both got the Bills by three points. And if this game was played on an even uh, on a, 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 a neutral surface – uh, what's the line right now? Two and a half? Two and a half. So we would be favored by a half a point. Wow. Usually you get three points to the good if you're playing at home. So this is a toss-up. I think you're right. I'll take our defense over over their offense. I think we can beat them. And if we get by them, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. There you have it, folks. The homer Picks for the Buffalo Bills. Papa and Adam both pick the Bills to win by three. Uh, the other Saturday game, Titans plus five and a half at New England. I think the Titans are going to win that game. Titans. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> Titans are on a roll. Uh, they simply have nothing to lose. They're expected to lose. They're going to be free and easy. And uh, if if Tom Brady doesn't uh, bring his game to the table in in that wild card game, oh my goodness, they they could be eliminated. I I'm with you. I think the tight I think the Titans can beat them. I think they can beat if Miami beat them the last game of the year. The Titans can beat them also. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm going to guess maybe 27-24. We'll see. I think they I think the Titans will win by three points. That's a, that'll be another upset special. Sunday's games: Vikings, uh, Vikings, excuse me, plus seven and a half at New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans is uh, New Orleans all the way. I got that forty-year-old old man back there. He's got uh, four thousand nine hundred and sixteen <clears throat> touchdown passes. Uh, Drew Brees, he's a beautiful dude. Uh, I, I I would put my money. Unaccustomed as I am to wagering, I would put my money on on uh, Breeze and those Saints. They're powerful. Saints all the way. And then finishing up Wild Card Weekend in the second game, it's the Seattle Sea Chickens. Sea Chickens. Minus one and a half at Philly. A very weird game where the Sea Chickens, I think they're, they went 11 and 5. They went 11 and 5. Yeah, they did, and right. they. Since they are a wild card because they play in the same division as San Francisco, they are actually on the road at Philly. Philly came in at nine and seven. The Sea Chickens are seven and one on the road. I expect them to win this game. You know what? I'm going to go uh, on a bigger limb than you on your choice earlier. I'm going to go with the Eagles. They're a strange team. Steve. Only team that manhandled the Bills, and they did it at New Era. The only team that manhandled the Bills during the 16-game regular season. I'm going to say they upset the Sea Chickens, and because I'm really not crazy about those 
fluorescent green unis at at Seattle, anyways. Yeah, they're terrible uniforms. Oh yeah, they're tough. Yeah, yeah, they're uncomfortable. You got to love Russell Wilson though. The Russell guys, Wilson, six foot tall, six foot tall, um, six foot tall on a tall day. There's he, no way that boy's six feet tall. Yeah, he's a Houdini. He he's boy, my my goodness gracious, he can play. The, he knows how to play the game. That's how you play quarterback. He's outstanding in every yeah, way. Yeah, every way, every way. Real quick on the NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I want to say uh, the recently uh, deceased Albert Dubenyan, uh, MVP. May he rest in peace. He was yeah, a great player. Yeah, you got to give it to that dude from the Ravens. He is a special character. But here is what my 76-year-old brain thinks. You're old. You keep on going to the well, and eventually that well will go dry. He keeps on running. Someday one of these cornerbacks or one of these vicious 245-pound linebackers, they're going to split him in two, and his career is going to be over. I don't wish that upon any ball player. But that running and running, that constant running, and as slick as he is, Oh, I, I, I feel the worst. The worst could happen to this poor guy if he continues to run the ball. They're going to kill him. I really feel like next year the defenses are going to catch up to him. I'm not sure if he can sustain this. Good point. So we'll see. I think this year, clearly, right. he's the MVP. MVP, uh, 100%. Christian McCaffrey, if he was on a team that didn't lose eight straight games and got Ron Rivera unceremoniously fired by the hedge fund manager. Mm. I think he may have been the MVP. He's an extraordinary player. It's pretty much it on football. I wanted to mention one uh, one thing that has really basically nothing to do with sports. Mostly useless info with Papa. Find this entertaining. If you don't, you can always pause us and come back in a minute or two. I reserve the right to delete this yes. on post. Go. Because, yeah, you know, we're in the winter. We're in the winter uh, months. Uh, in all of America, you know, being this the first day of January. And uh, I'm, I've already made a resolution that, uh, well, I've already, I'm, I'm going to lose 125 pounds uh, to get down to my fighting weight. And the best way to do that is to, uh, is to divorce my wife. I'll, I'll get rid of 125 pounds. My mother. Yeah, we'll get rid of her. Who, we just celebrated your 50th wedding anniversary. Yes. Yes. How dare you, sir? Oh, I don't even know how that I managed that, or she managed that. Amazing. But uh, what I did want to, uh, I wanted to talk about truffles. And the reason I wanted to talk about truffles is because truffles basically grow in the wintertime in a town in northern Italy called Alba, which is in the Piedmont region of uh of Italy, and in particular, the amazing white Alba truffle. It's one of the most prized culinary items in the world. Uh, this little white gem grows uh, during the winter months, the same months that the NFL is playing in NCAA basketball, go Duke, and the National Hockey League. So I wanted to bring it up because it, it is winter... Uh, f festering mushroom 
And they grow deep in the ground under the roots of primarily oak trees. And again, in the northern Italian region of, of the Piedmont. Um, this rare mushroom cannot be grown, cannot be grown. But uh, rather it is uh, hunted by trained dogs and their owners, which makes it even more elusive and hard to find. And crazy enough, they used to use pigs, something about uh, uh, the white truffle had some compound or ingredient in it that uh, sent the pigs into a sexual tizzy. And the Interesting. problem with the, with the pigs is that when they were digging into the ground to get to the white truffle, they, they would smash them apart at times, or they would actually eat them. They loved them. Well, the dogs are not crazy about eating truffles. Interesting. And it got so serious that in 1985, uh, Italy outlawed pigs from uh, finding and digging up uh, uh, truffles. It's just a point of information. Uh, I'll end this. Uh, Did you bring any truffles with no, you? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. But a couple of years ago, I may add, a set of white Alba truffles weighing just under two pounds sold for $85,000. Roughly, roughly the cost of a 2020 Mercedes-Benz SL Roadster, roughly. Very, very exp uh, expensive. So if, uh, if you're going to get the diamond of, of the truff truffles, the white Alba, it's going to set you back a few bucks. I just thought I would bring that up because I thought I would bring it up. That's very interesting, Papa. I, I hope you were entertained. And I think the mention of the pigs going into a sexual tizzy. Yes. Sexual tizzy may have to be the name of the podcast episode. Yeah. Actually, no. This is uploaded to Anchor as a clean podcast. So I just we'll, wanted to we'll know leave that be. if you felt that you were entertained. That was pretty good. Thank you. That was pretty good. I've never had a truffle. Have you actually ever eaten a truffle? Yes. And if you put sliced black truffle on spaghetti and a little butter and garlic, oh, it's could be the second coming. Sounds... I mean, it's it's yummy with a capital Y. Hey, you said uh, second coming. We do not have a theology segment. In this podcast today, but there will be future ones. So I think that segment is going to be useless information. Now we are going to move <laughs> on to Buffalo Trivia. Aunt Lindsay, my sister, Papa's daughter, got us a, a Buffalo Trivia game, got me a Buffalo Trivia game, and it's called You Gotta Know Buffalo, and it's actually from the Buffalo game company i'm not sure but there's just a whole bunch of good stuff on here so uh i think this is probably going to be a regular segment so papa has not seen the question beforehand this one should be an easy one are you paying attention now ready here's the question niagara falls is the collective name for three waterfalls in the niagara river including the american falls the bridal falls and what fall closest to the canadian shore Horseshoe? Horseshoe Falls. Horseshoe Falls. That was an easy one. Simple. Easy. I like it. They, they used to call it the Horseshack Falls. The, the Horseshack? Yeah. Uh, interesting. You know who Horseshack was? From um, 
What's the name of the show? That's with uh, the guy from Greece. Uh, Vinny Barbarino. Yeah, Vinny Barbarino, right. Oh, my gosh. I forgot the name yeah, of the Horshack. show. Um, well, I, think, I think he died. Welcome back, Cotter. Yeah, welcome back. Good memory. That was a welcome good trivia there. Welcome back. All right. You want to do some mailbags? Yeah. Mailbags. All right. So Johnny Bernarski, the sage, the one who picked the bills to go 10 and 6, and they went 10 and 6, he also has uh, very many different podcast personas. He sent in a question about the Pegasus World Cup that is taking place uh, in a couple weeks at Gulfstream, one of Papa Dickie's old haunts. And we are going to play Johnny's question right now. So what, uh, January 25th, 2020, the Pegasus World Cup. It's at Gulfstream Park. It's in Hallandale Beach. Who do you like as the early favorites? At Gulfstream Park. And it's a strange race uh, considering the best horse in the world, maximum security is uh, the owners, uh, uh, the owner Gary West has opted to bypass the Pegasus World Cup. How dare he? Yeah, yeah. Because of the purse cut. The purse went down from, uh, I thought it was in the area of 9 million or 12 million. It went down to 3 million this year. And uh, Maximum Security, who was the horse that was disqualified in the Kentucky Derby from 1st to 17th, has opted to go to, uh, of all places, Riyadh in Saudi Arabia to run for the uh, inaugural Saudi Cup with a $20 million purse. That being said, there's some dynamite horses that may run in the Pegasus World Cup on the 25th. And I'm going to go with the Breeders' Cup Mile Dirt winner, Spun to Run. If that horse is entered, uh, I read Ortiz Jr., one of the Ortiz brothers who was on the back of Spun to Run, uh, looking for him to maybe take everybody gate to wire. And by the way, happy birthday to all the thoroughbreds in America. Everyone is one year older today, January the 1st. So, um, yeah, spun to run in the, uh, in the Pegasus World Cup at Gulfstream Park in Hallandale Beach, Florida. Beautiful. I wrote down the prediction. If he's entered and he wins, you get an extra bonus, a podcast bonus, as it were. Well, your check is good. Your, your check is good. They're rubber. They all bounce. <laughs> okay, second question is from friend of the pod, Dan Teal in Lewiston, New York. Hi, this is Dan the Man from Lewiston, New York. I was just wondering what the Buffalo Burke Jerks, I mean boys, thought about Josh Allen's progression from a Wyoming Cowboy to a Buffalo Bill over the last two years. I, for one, think it's remarkable. Others think he's no better than Tyrod. Out. Dan Teal thinks... His progression from college is remarkable. That sounds a bit much, doesn't it? Well, you know, everybody has it's a, an opinion. It's easy to be an armchair guy. But, you know, I could understand the lure of grabbing him out of Wyoming. But to me, 
he's the same kid who played at Wyoming. At times, his mind, it almost appears, is not in the game. He's not a pure passer, obviously. He can enlighten you with some great, great passes, and then uh, in the same turn, he can look horrible. I, 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 you know, I love the guy to death. He's a good, he's a Buffalo kid now, but um, he lacks something. I don't know what it is. He looks sometimes he looks like he's a bull in a china shop. He's not smooth and efficient. He sometimes he gets so dumbfounded in the backfield there when he can't find an open receiver. He's like he's a work in progress. What can I say? Next year will be his third year. Third full year in the at league. At the helm yep. uh, in, in, in Buffalo. You know, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. He's the type of guy we watch him week after week, and when he needs to step up and make the throw, he gets a little nervous. He starts going sideways. He gets sacked. It seems like his decisions to run when he needs to run and clearly play calls that have him run are typically bad. He's at his best when he just decides to take off and run. But it it seems like last year where he would just take off and run and hold on to the ball, and he just played with kind of reckless abandon but still controlled, where this year he takes off and he runs, and he seems to not be sure of himself, and he has way, way too many fumbles. I mean, if he continues to fumble like that, the boy can't run. We, we can't let him run. But it's just it's it's his pocket presence. You can see... I mean, he's got all the tools. He's tall. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can run. Uh, he's super aggressive. Like you said, Buffalo loves him. I love the kid. I think he's great for the city. He just hasn't shown to me that he really quite gets it. And honestly, it, it's it's going to come down to this playoff game. I mean, everybody talks about how next year or even the year after is supposed to be the year where we make a deep run. I say screw that. Yeah, this we, is the year. I, I'm with, with you. Let's with this do defense, it now. yeah, let's do it right now. We got a winnable game at Houston. He needs to play. I I really think that Josh, if there were so many games this year where he just had to be somewhat efficient and not lose the game for us and let the defense win, I don't think he's going to be able to do that in the playoffs. So this is where we're going to see the real Josh Allen. If he has a good game against Houston and can make some stuff happen, especially early in the game when we know he's not so good in the first quarter. If he can make that stuff happen early in the game, I'm going to be pretty happy. Yeah, one other thing, and I've come to learn this over the years, especially with uh, horse racing, you have to somehow in your mind, if you're a fan, coach, whatever, a Buffalo Bills backer, you've got to remove the negative. Remove everything that Josh Allen has done wrong and and look only at the positive stuff that this young quarterback has done for the Bills. Uh, like the old, the old saying goes, uh, uh, eliminate the negative and accentuate the positive. That's what we have to do. We can talk about the negatives all day long, but it's it's the good stuff that he brings to the table, especially after we get this win on Saturday. Yes. That will elevate his status to another level. Good luck, Josh. Good I hope luck. he can do it. And by the way, he's definitely better than Tyrod. Uh, no question. 
without without a doubt. Well, he weighs 200 pounds more than Tyrod, and he's about seven and a half to nine inches taller. Yeah, yeah, almost a foot taller. Tyrod Ty was a mini me. <laughs> Tyrod's ceiling is definitely. I mean, he had a, a a good year, year and a half, whatever. Yeah, but his ceiling is definitely Josh's basement, for sure. I Josh ag- can definitely I agree. be a lot. Better. I mean, I I liked Tyrod, but. Oh, he was terrible. terrible. Last thing to talk about on our uh, little outline here for podcast number one is the Teal conundrum. Teal, who just called us the Buffalo Burke jerks, I mean Buffalo Burke boys. I resemble that remark. He is in a conundrum. His wife, Valerie, beautiful, lovely gal. I remember I was living with Dan Teal and Jay Green in Buffalo on North Park Avenue when Teal met Val. Lovely gal. Her birthday is January 8th. One day before my birthday. She's definitely younger than me, though. We won't say how old she is. Um, Her birthday is January 8th. Dan Teal said he was going to take her out the weekend before her birthday on Saturday night for dinner. Well, the problem is that the Bills play at 4.35 p.m. The game probably won't be over till the absolute earliest, 7.30. What is Teal to do? I say he needs to reschedule. They need to celebrate Valerie's birthday after January 8th. What say you, Papa? Oh, my God. That's a no-brainer. 100%. 100% get rid of the wife for that three-hour stretch. <laughs> uh, you know, God bless you, uh, Dan, and uh, bless your wife, but uh, get rid of her for this three hours <laughs> and make sure you're, you're sealed and locked in your own little room there, your own little habitat, because uh, that's a no-brainer, man. I mean, you don't even have to think about that one. 100%. Val, Val has to be put on the yeah. shelf. Val, I love you. Don't time. know you uh, that well, but uh, you're out of luck on this one. Beautiful. Yeah. I think that's it for podcast number one. Yeah, I feel good. I don't have too much sweat in my armpits, but <laughs> and there's a couple of things that are stuck together in my groin area, but I, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about this. Adam got us involved, uh, got me involved, and... Hope you enjoyed all this uh, nonsense and uh, stats and look forward to doing the uh, next edition. Podcast of, number two. Yeah, Buffalo Burke. Boys. I'm pretty much in a, uh, a sexual tizzy right now. <laughs> Thank you. So for Papa Dicky, I am Adam Burke, and you're not. We'll see you next episode, everybody. Bye.